Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Um, Today, I am in the studio with some of our amazing Crossroads staff. Yay, guys. Um, I have Jake Holland, Javante Andrews, Alyssa Drake, and Angeline. And I don't actually, I have never said your last name. Will you say it? Yeah, it's Shenmugam. Yes. Okay, well, maybe that's why I've never said that. <laughs> But um, I love your last name. I just realized in this moment that I haven't ever said it. So here we go. Um, but we are in the studio today. Um, and the reason that I have four of our summer staff um, in here with me is because we're currently going through summer staff I mean, summer camp for the ministry. And so they have been doing a panel for the students talking about spiritual disciplines. Right, guys? Yep. <laughs> yep. And um, Jake, you've been leading this panel and yes. you've been doing an excellent job. So I wondered if you could just kind of explain what spiritual disciplines are, the general idea and why they've been useful in your life as we start out this episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, kind of what we've been discussing spiritual disciplines as in in the context of this panel are um the practical things that we can do to to further our relationship with God, to grow closer with Him, uh, as as we walk through day to day life, uh, the things that we can practice uh, to to stay in step with His will and uh, with what He has to say for our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talk about these on different uh, levels. So we have internal disciplines, and those are the things that we're practicing uh, when we're on our own, when we're on, when we're in our quiet places, and um, the the lights and everything are off of us, and no one can see what we're doing. Uh, and then we have external disciplines, which are um, you know when the internal disciplines are aligning and we're actually practicing those things, it starts to affect the way uh, that we interact with other people and people can actually see the difference that it's making in our lives. And Mm. so that's kind of the gist of um, what disciplines are for us. Uh, And then personally, uh, it's, it's been super fruitful for me just to be talking about this because as, as we go through and we view all the different disciplines that we've been talking about, uh, it's been a convicting experience to be like, wow, I'm, I'm expected to talk to all these campers about these things that I am supposed to be practicing and supposed to be doing in my relationship. And I'm being introspective and realizing, wow, I haven't been doing these uh, for the correct motivations or haven't been doing them well and mm. uh, need to start doing it. I've, I've recognized in myself that uh, for a lot of my life, it's been like a checkbox mentality with these disciplines and mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily doing it for the fruit of um, what comes out. Of yeah, your life. exactly. Right. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of. My spill on that. It's so good. I remember I read Richard Foster's book, yeah. Celebration of Discipline, when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> wow. It's probably way over my head at that point <laughs> in my life. Um, but we talked about it as a youth group, and um, it was a good intro. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that book alone has kept coming up over the years. Mm-hmm. Different people that I know have read it. And so <laughs> it just talks about these disciplines that you're right. speaking of and that you guys actually are talking about with the students this summer. Um, so I really appreciate what you said. Whatever is in our heart is what's going to come out. Right. So as we allow ourselves to discipline ourselves in our spiritual walk with God, mm-hmm. even though that word discipline, a lot of people probably want to run from that. <laughs> um, 
But spiritual disciplines help us to actually like understand how to become more like Jesus um, because it goes into our soul and then mm. it comes out through our actions. That's so good. I love that. Um, so we're going to just take some time to talk about some of these disciplines. First, let's talk about time with God. So I feel like this is just one question that everyone asks me, how do you spend time with God? <laughs> and um, honestly, it's just a discipline, but each of our time with God can just look so different. So I want to ask a couple of you to just share what your intentional time with God looks like. Do you want to go first, Javante? Yeah. Uh, so I consider myself a very routine person, mm-hmm. which pretty much means I like to follow a schedule. Um, so pretty much every morning, I prefer to wake up very early. Um, and I'll take like an hour out of the morning and I'll split it half and half. Uh, the first 30 minutes would be for like reading scripture and uh, the second half would be for praying. Wow. Um, and as I'm like reading scripture, I'm just like seeing, like learning more about the Lord and like, um, it's like seeing how he's guiding me through that. And then I'll pray, um, to see like more and more like what he's teaching me and, um, what he wants, what he wants of me. And like, you know, just like going to him, just asking different things. Um, just hoping that he'll like make me more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so currently I'm reading the um, first Peter and I'm also reading a psalm. Now like typically couple those together just so I can kind of like have a variety. Yeah, variety, right. And like get a little bit of the old testament and a new testament. Yeah, so. that's great. And I love that you do prayer afterwards. I think a lot of people do prayer before, but I feel like as you're reading scripture, the Lord shows you things in your heart that you need to pray about. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to sum it up. Did you have anything that you wanted to share, Angeline? Yeah, um, I try to do my, um, just like Javante, I do my uh, intentional time in the mornings. I um, start out with, I don't know if you guys know the one-year Bible, mm-hmm. and that's the one I do. Like every day there's a Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalms, and a Proverbs portion. So I read all four of them. And if I don't have time, I just do one of them. And um, as I read through it, I have a notebook right next to me so that I can jot down anything the Lord is talking to me at that moment or something for the future that I need to remember that the Lord has told me now. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I also like to end my intentional time with prayer. I The way I pray is I write down everything in bullet points right in front of me, um, even like prayer requests that my friends have already told me before and I'll just put it all right in front of me so that it's, so that it's easy for me to like remember it and pray for it mm-hmm. and not like forget about it so I pray for all of that and then give thanks to the Lord and pray for the rest of the week and that's how I end my intentional time mm-hmm. I love that you guys both have a plan mm-hmm. so I think that sometimes when people say how do I read my Bible it's it's because we think it's just the feeling will come on us and then we'll go read it and totally understand it and walk away just feeling enlightened as if we just saw God in our room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and really with anything in life, just mm-hmm. like if you're in school and you have to do a project, you need to plan out when you're going to study, right? Mm. when your paper is going to be done, yeah. how you're going to go about getting it done. Mm-hmm. If you're a businessman or woman, mm-hmm. you're not just going to say, well, I think I'm going to wake up today and go and work. And hopefully when I work, um, it will be good and I'll sell this house. I mean, mm-hmm. there, you, if you're a realtor, you're going to have to plan. Right. How am I going to show the house? Who am I going to call? You know, all of these things. So life involves planning. And for some reason, I think sometimes in our spiritual walk, we think that God's just going to like come down from heaven and infuse spirituality into us. You know? <laughs> um, but that's not normally the case um, for sure. So now we're going to talk about prayer. Let's talk about this a little bit deeper than what we've, what we've already talked about. What does it look like 
to pray without ceasing. It says that in the Bible. That can be kind of confusing. Are we right. just meditating outside under the <laughs> under the sun or under the stars all day on a mat? Or what's going on with that? <laughs> and um, if prayer is actually a conversation with God, how have you guys learned how to listen? And Alyssa, I know you said that you um, had a story or some things to go along with this. So would you like to start? Yeah, for sure. So for me, praying without ceasing doesn't mean to just sit in your room and talk to God for 24 hours, like you're just sitting there staring at a wall, asking him to do all these things. Um, if for me, it's talking to him about the big things and not just like, just the big things, but the little ones too. Um, not when it's convenient, but when it's really hard. And like, even when you struggle with things over and over again, he never gets tired of hearing from us, no matter what it is. Um, and myself being really real here, I struggle with comparison when I'm at school. Um, so I'm a college athlete and I always think to myself, hey, they're a better athlete than I am. They're smarter than I am. They're prettier than I am. But um, I just have to remind myself that God doesn't compare me to anybody else but Jesus. Mm -hmm. So why should I compare myself to anybody else? And I have a verse, um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, that says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my take on prayer without ceasing. I love that. Anyone else? Um, yeah, I do. I have learned how to hear back from God through scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, prayer does play a um, part in that, but scripture is where that I've seen like God really talk to me. Um, about two years ago when I finished high school, uh, I knew exactly what I was going into college for. Um, I was very strong in my decision. And then I went into college and I didn't feel as strong anymore. And I remember um, I'm a person that I want to know everything that's ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I, I was just undecided. I was declared undecided. And I was just like, I, I don't, God help me. Like I'm so lost. And honestly, it was just fear. And one day, right before I was able, um, about to have like a mental breakdown, I remember just opening up the Bible and, um, opening up to Isaiah chapter 51. And the first verse, verse 12, um, that came was, I am he who comforts you. Who are, mm. who are you afraid of a man that dies? And then it proceeds on to saying, um, I'm the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I stretched out my hands and you still fear continually. And I remember that convicting me immediately like, Angeline, why are you scared of such a small thing when God made this whole world? Wow. And I was like, God, I am going to give all of this into you. And like, once I fully believe that, God like sent people my way. And, I, and I've seen this over the years that when I fully don't give it to God, God doesn't take his next step yet. Mm -hmm. Like he waits till I fully 100% give it to him. Mm -hmm. And then he sends people my way to guide me and direct me. And in this case, he sent my mentor uh, who, was, who was my advisor in school. And, um, and she like showed me the major that I have right now and... I, I feel so strong now. I mean, it's it's yeah. what I'm doing right now. So that's awesome. I love that story. And I love how you say it's so true. I think that people pray to God and they're asking him for something and he tells them to do something. But they don't when you don't do it, he's not going to give you the next step until you actually obey in that first right. one, you know, mm -hmm. or if you're, you know, if you're not settled in your soul to be able to receive from mm -hmm. him yet, he's going to wait until you're ready. Right. Yeah. So that's so good. I, I love what you're saying. So we're going to take a short break. Um, we've been talking about internal discipline, so we're going to switch to external ones after the break. So we'll be back in just a minute. 
Hey guys, we wanted to take a quick break to talk to you about one of our favorite opportunities for you to serve with our ministry. You've been hearing a lot from our Crossroads Summer Camp staffers on Overcoming Monday this season, and now you have the chance to be one of them. We're looking for college students and young adults to help shepherd and disciple our campers, facilitate our camp activities, run cameras and other things, run our merch, and so much more for Crossroads Summer Camp in 2020. So if that's you or someone you know, and you're looking for something fun to do with your summer next year, go to crossroadsummercamp.com slash summerstaff on October 1st to fill out a summer staff application. You'll also find all the info you need to know if summer staff is for you. So get to our website, find out more, and submit your application starting on October 1st. It's going to be a summer you'll never forget. Okay, back to the show. So before the break, we were discussing internal disciplines together um, and ways we engage with God on a personal level. But now we're going to talk about external disciplines. Um, And specifically, let's start with our external discipline um, of service to others. So I want to ask you guys, what are some ways that you see um, service in your life, um, the internal disciplines coming out as an external discipline of service to others? Angela, I think you had something you wanted to share. Yeah, um, I try to serve in the smallest ways possible. Like I'll pick up someone's plates or hold the door for someone or give someone even a compliment. Mm. But um, the biggest thing is I've seen the fruit of serving even in my own life, um, especially my parents. My mom grew up a Hindu Mm. and um, in college, um, she had a Christian roommate and every morning her friend would make her a cup of coffee. And I mean, it's just a cup of coffee. But the thing is, she served her every single morning. And my mom was like, this girl is better than me in every way possible. But why is she serving me? And that just led to questions in my mom's heart, uh, which kind of sowed like a little seed in her, uh, ultimately leading her to salvation. And I'm not saying like a cup of coffee is going to lead to salvation. (laughs) I mean, you never know. (laughs) But I'm saying... Some people love coffee. True. I'm a coffee lover. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying um, you don't know what leads to what. So do whatever you can to serve anyone around you. Mm -hmm. And it might lead a I mean lead to salvation it yeah. might just lead to questions mm-hmm. and then sharing the gospel later you don't know what it might lead to so yeah always be on the lookout yes yeah. definitely I love that um and then there's also the discipline of submission which submission I think <laughs> overall in our culture has a terrible connotation yeah. mm-hmm. you always have to explain uh, what does submission mean? Um, how do you define submission? Why do we submit? Does this mean slavery? So let's talk about that for a little bit. Alyssa, I think that you had some things you wanted to say about this. Yeah, so submission um, for me is defined as accepting or yielding to a superior force um, or the, to the will of authority of another person, um, someone who's in authority over us like our parents or um, like a teacher or a boss, for example, for a young adults. And um for me, I have a story about a time where I disrespected my mom and feel free to laugh in your cars or in your house, wherever you're listening to this, because it's kind of funny. Um, so one time my mom was cooking and I was like eight years old, um, going back a little bit. And she was making potatoes and steak, one of my favorite meals. And I was helping her cook the potatoes. We wrapped them in tin foil and we put them in the oven. And when they got out, she was like, all right, they're out, but don't touch them yet. Cause they're really hot. I picked one up, 
And ultimately, I burned my hand. And it was Man. not a very fun time. The potato was like a thousand degrees. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah. It was was not, it wrapped in tinfoil? Yeah. So, which so made the tinfoil it was like a hundred degrees. It felt like I was touching lava. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember her picking me up and being like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because I was crying profusely. And she was like, it's going to be okay. But I, you really should have listened to me when I told you not to pick up the potato. Because mm. now you suffered the consequences of getting burned. Um, and I know this may seem like a really funny story, but it really taught me to listen at that age, at a really young age. And, um, it's something that like every day, um, I think about like how to listen better. Um, cause we are, we are called to like respect older people, mm-hmm. like older than us. And I have a verse, um, like Jesus submitted to God, the father, when he was sent down to die for us. Mm-hmm. So like we sh- we are called to respect people in authority over us as well. And I have a verse in Colossians 3.20 that says, Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Um, and to say, like, not to say I know everything, but more of a thank you for teaching me something that I didn't know. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we think it's really cool to disrespect authority and do something that we want to do rather than what we're being called to do. Yeah. I love that there's another version that says, children, obey your parents so it may go well with you. Right. Yeah. And I remember um, one time, I don't, I actually don't remember if it was me or my brother, but there was a a pot on the stove with soup in it. Mm Mm-hmm. I was so young. I can't remember which one of us Did pulled it over it? on our. Yeah, like she I, she I remember it. the trip to the hospital, but we were both so oh. young. I think it was probably me mm-hmm. because I'm older. Which, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, those things that you learn, you've learned sometimes by the quote the punishment of it. Mm-hmm. But if I had not touched that pot, it would have went a lot weller with me. Right, <laughs> right. Like, right. taking that verse. Right. Not my potato. I wouldn't have been burned. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, that's so good, um, Javante. We're going to talk about corporate disciplines now, starting with uh, basically guidance and like how do we accept guidance from others? This can look like mentoring um, or letting someone else speak into your life. Um, these things can be a lifesaver, but Honestly, I'm super stubborn, and I a lot of times only learn by doing. But if I would actually listen and respect people enough to take their advice, it would have a lot of the decisions that I have made in my life, it would have gone a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. So, how do we talk about, you know, even on this subject of submission um, and then guidance almost together? How, how would you say that seeking and receiving good guidance has helped you grow? Yeah, um, so discipleship definitely hits home for me. Um, a little context about my life. So mm-hmm. I was saved at 12. Okay. Um, and immediately after being saved, I was told to like read my Bible, um, to pray, all these different disciplines. But I didn't know like why. I didn't like really understand the purpose behind them besides you're a Christian. So you just start doing these different things. Um, so from like 12 to like 18, I just did my own thing because I didn't really follow the Lord. Um, and I came across for a summer camp. And um, Clayton was speaking on a Monday night, um, and he was talking um, about Matthew 16. And I actually have it saved. It says, um, Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, and the second I heard that scripture, like I knew that I hadn't been doing that. I knew I hadn't been denying myself um, and picking up my cross. Um, and fortunately that summer, my youth pastor was there. His name was Chad. Um, and he took me under his wing, and he showed me, like, how to follow the Lord. Uh, he showed me, like, um, how to read my Bible, how to pray, all these different disciplines. Mm-hmm. But he also taught me, like, why. 
um, like the purpose behind them so I can grow in my faith. Mm-hmm. And it got me like involved in like my youth group, involved in like my church. And like they pushed and like stirred me on and like love the Lord. Um, wow. I bet you're so grateful. Yeah. I'm very grateful for Chad. Um, and I wouldn't be here today. Like I honestly wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for like the Lord using him in my life. So mm-hmm. discipleship definitely like really hits home for me. So. Wow, I know that we could probably all think of people in our lives who have poured into us and we're thankful and probably all have stories of when we wish we had listened to someone, but we didn't. So um, this is one thing we can definitely learn from. Confession is the next um, discipline we want to talk about today. Um, It's a corporate discipline, and I feel like confession is one of those that is the most scary because in the past, I believe, um, and I think even now, but it's getting better. Confession in the church has just been so shameful. Yeah. And people aren't allowed to be sinners, which, by the way, we all are. And so um, it can be scary, but also freeing at the same time. Um, so, did you guys, uh, any of you, have a trusted mentor who you could confess things to and help you learn the um, importance of vulnerability? Yeah. So um, in high school, I was involved in um, like a Bible study group. Like we just get together and study scripture. And um, there was one uh, specific night. I remember uh, he or our leader had come up and he discussed and we're about to get candid here, but like he had been discussing um, uh, pornography Mm. and like the the weight of that addiction. And um, he he was like, I know that you probably feel like if like if you're if you're watching pornography if you're if you're participating in this like you probably feel like so dirty like you can never tell anyone but like mm-hmm. you need to know like you're not alone in this struggle mm-hmm. um, and so like that was me like I had been watching pornography for years like mm-hmm. I started in middle school and it was like a strong addiction in my life and um, I never thought I could tell anyone and it was like super well hidden I was serving in church I was like all these things had like already surrendered to a call to ministry like all this wow. stuff and um, I felt like I was gonna carry that with me like to my grave. Like I just didn't think I could tell anyone because I felt like so much was expected of me. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what Satan wants for us too, you mm-hmm. know, is to is to stay in that isolated state. And um, I, I want to point to John 10, 10. It says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Um, but then God is speaking and he or Jesus is speaking. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that that's the juxtaposition between um, Satan and, and his purpose and then God and his great purpose for us, because Satan wants to keep us isolated so that our sin can like steal all the joy from us and steal all the life from us and, and make us feel alone. Um, but Jesus came and opened this gate for confession and opened mm-hmm. this gate for proximity with each other uh, and with the Spirit. Um, and so we can freely confess. And so through confession, um, I was able to put into like actual, like tangible parameters, ways that I can fight. Um, you know, pornography and that addiction Mm -hmm. and like through closeness with that mentor and that Bible study group, I was able to overcome that addiction. Um, and it's still a struggle, you know, Mm -hmm. um, lust is always something that I think is going to stay like Mm -hmm. a a part of my sin struggle and a part of my flesh. And it's something that I have to pray against daily and, Mm -hmm. and work against daily. But, um, confession was by far the most effective vessel for me to overcome that struggle. That's so good. Yeah. And and I want to add to you, I, I know yeah. I'm talking for a long time. But no, I, I feel you're like, not. I love it. <laughs> I feel like there's um, this stigma too, like now uh, amongst young adults, especially like, um, I don't know like what the demographic is for this podcast, but um, like young adults that are going into ministry or like that are heavily involved in church um, to like 
say like, yeah, like I was honest about this struggle in the past, but like, I'm completely good now. Like I've overcome it. And like, like we're still living like in our flesh now. And so like, if you are struggling in this, in this fight with pornography, because I know it's got such a strong hold on our generation. Um, I would say like, even if you are in a position of authority or like, uh, in a position of like, um, high up ministry, mm-hmm. I don't know what to call that, but yeah. like, um, if you're leadership. still struggling, yeah. And yeah. any sort of leadership and ministry, um, confess that to someone, yeah. uh, because you're going to destroy yourself if yeah. you, if you continue in that, in that, um, cyclical sin, like it's going to rot you from the inside out. Like even now I'm, ha- I have to continually confess with someone like, Hey, mm-hmm. this is a time that I lusted, or this is a time that I slipped up because I was scrolling on Instagram and, mm-hmm. and ended up in the wrong place. Like it, it's still a struggle uh, that I'm constantly having to overcome and claim victory over. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's good for you to find someone who's safe to confess to right. number one, someone who will obviously, um, be compassionate, but also give you instruction yeah. as to how to move forward. Um, but you have to trust that they're loving you in that instruction, mm-hmm. I think. And then also keeping that conversation open. Right. Um, because you're right. The things that we have entered into with sin, a lot of times they revisit us. Mm-hmm. And if we act like it's not there, then we just get back into that trap again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I agree with you. We actually did two podcasts, um, specifically on pornography with, um, Zach and Ashley Dixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did one on guys and one on girls. Um, but there were stats in there on how many, uh, male ministry leaders struggle with porn and it's mm-hmm. huge. Really? And I'm sure there's women too. I, I just don't have the stats on that. Yeah. Um, but on that particular podcast, so you guys can look up, um, overcoming Monday and then look up the po- pornography podcasts. Um, but we talk about that struggle and I think it's cause pastors feel alone mm-hmm. and they're, they feel like if they told someone they'd lose their job mm-hmm. or they would, you know, all of yeah. these things. So, and, and so if it can't be someone in the church, it may be someone professionally like mm-hmm. a counselor who can keep that, um, confidential for a person, you know, mm-hmm. if you just feel like you can't do that. So I love that you shared that it's, it's perfect. Confession brings healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't feel like it right afterwards sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so you have to learn how to confess. That's the weird thing. We have to learn mm-hmm. how to confess to a <laughs> yeah. trusted person yeah. and then and then to realize that someone can still love us when we confess our deepest, right. darkest secrets. Mm-hmm. But we do have to choose that person very carefully for sure. Um, so let's talk. Let's move on to uh, worship and celebration Ooh. after this long <laughs> conversation yeah. about confession, right? Um, so let's talk about worship and celebration and a little bit um, of how we can take worship and celebration outside the walls of the church. Because I think a lot of people think wor- worship and celebration is just singing inside the church. Um, do you guys have any stories or ideas about how you take your worship outside the walls of the church? Yeah, so... Um, a little bit of answer for me is like God wants us to worship no matter what, no matter like what we're going through, no matter um, where we are. And um, worship isn't a, just about singing and just lifting your hands in, in, a, in a dark space while you're listening to music. Um, it's more of just always being um, ready to worship no matter what it is. And um, for me, I know that um, softball can become something that I, I struggle worshiping because I I do, I do it so much, and I'm always thinking about it, but I should learn how to set that aside and worship God, allowing me to be able to do softball mm. versus being like softball is just something that I do. Um, and that you become what you worship, and if it isn't God, it's not worth it. Mm. Um, it's something that I've heard um, from multiple people speaking on worship, and 
Um, I have a verse in Romans 12. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So our time really proves what we're worshiping. And if we're mm-hmm. spending all our time on Instagram or we're spending all of our time doing sports or spending all of our time with friends or um, even just our cell phones, and I'm guilty of it as well, like I, I do tend to end up scrolling on Instagram and getting lost in it. Um, but it really proves what we worship. And if it isn't God, um, then it's not worth it. Yeah. Jake, um, I know that worship can sometimes be hard, um, which I think can be worship can be seen as joy in a hard circumstance. So can you share with us a little bit how in a hard circumstance you can still find joy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Worship is like something near and dear to my heart. It's Mm. like what I want to do like in a ministry. Yeah, you already stayed in front of people and sing (laughs) beautifully, by the way. I love love when you play and sing. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, I love worship and I love what it what it offers us as as believers and uh, as children of God because uh, you know we were once separated from from God and we were in depravity and and He offered us an opportunity to come back into His family to come home and to to live in our original purpose, which is to worship Him. You know, this earth is a temple for for worshiping God, and that's what we were created for. And mm-hmm. so, um, I think that. Um, Worshiping in a time of, you know, a tough circumstance, whatever that may be, you know, like personally things that have happened in my life or like my parents have like gone bankrupt or like uh, my parents went through a divorce or um, like any anything like that that may go on, sick, sickness or financial trouble or anything like that. I know it's it's hard to, to keep your eyes on Jesus and to focus on um, what our true purpose is because we get so caught up on like the daily trappings of life. And um, I guess in those moments... Uh, and a lot of these issues too, like praying without ceasing and all those things, the, the, the crux of the issue is an awareness that the Holy Spirit is with us, that, mm. that he, that he is always comforting us. He's always convicting us. He's always faithful to be there. Um, and so when we are going through these difficult circumstances, being able to say, you know, I, this does hurt. And like, I am in a valley, like I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm not going to fear evil because you're with me. Mm. Um, I think that's such a powerful banner that we can wave over our lives. And, um, I love to look for this to the Psalms for this too. I think David encompasses this mm-hmm. perfectly, and uh, I have one pulled up if you don't yeah, mind. Sure. And from Psalm sixty-nine, starting in verse twenty-nine, um, it says, "I'm hurt and in pain. Give me space for healing in mountain air. Let me shout God's name with a praising song. Let me tell His greatness in a prayer of thanks. For God, this is better than oxen on the altar. Far better than blue ribbon bulls. The poor in spirit see and are glad. Oh, you God seekers, take heart. For God listens to the poor and He doesn't walk out on the wretched." Mm. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful testament to um, the importance of worship in the kingdom because this is, you know, I, I know a lot of the time we view Old Testament God and we're like, he was blood mm-hmm. sacrifice, domineering, and that's not the case um, all the time because right here it says our, our song of praise, our prayer of thanks is better um, to God than any blood sacrifice we mm-hmm. could bring. Um, and so when we're walking through that pain, uh, God sees the pain and then he sees the faithfulness that it takes to to still lift up that song of praise, to still lift up that prayer of thanks. And so um, that's how we maintain celebration is tapping into that joy that God offers us mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit and in life abundant, um, even when we walk through those those circumstances. And I feel like all these spiritual disciplines are the way that we get there. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are reading our Bible and we are praying and we are meditating on scripture yeah. and we're confessing and living in mentorship and all of those things, uh, I feel like they bring proximity 
to our relationship with God and, and closeness with him, joy is found. Yeah. And so when we're walking in step with him and we have that joy, mm-hmm. that's how we walk into the toughest times of our lives, into those darkest valleys, and we say, God, I'm still going to praise you through this. Yeah. There's so many stories and testimonies of people who have lived for Christ in the past. I know biographies that you can buy about them walking through tough circumstances and still believing that God lives and he loves them. And I just think their stories are amazing. So I think y'all's stories are amazing. (laughs) And I want to thank you all for being here today. Um, I look forward every year to being around um, college age people and just seeing your passion for Christ, because I think that Sometimes we, as a society, can separate ourselves into generations and then just make blanket statements like, oh, those young people, they just don't care about God anymore or whatever, (laughs) you know, like we can, we can make a judgment about a different generation or a different age group of people without really knowing them. So I'm always so encouraged um, when you guys come for the summer and I get to learn and be around you and actually it keeps me young too. So, um, (laughs) Yep. And I know that our listeners are going to be very thankful for all of your advice that you've given and um, your little secrets for their big breakthrough. So if you are a listener and this episode has been instructional in your life, I ask that you would please share it with your friends and on social media. And by the way, in case you don't know, um, reviews on iTunes really help us. So go to Overcoming Monday and be sure to leave a review. And we hope that we've left you with something, something thing to overcome (laughs) your Monday. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.